0: Joy here, host of the Joy of Membership podcast. Welcome to this week's episode. Before we jump into the program, I wanted to make sure that you know that I do a live training every Thursday at noon central called The Care Points Difference. In this training, I share what care points are, why they matter, and how to construct them so that what you're doing is more naturally attractive to those you serve, and makes your membership easier to run. You see, member experience can seem like this thing that just naturally happens because, well, you're running a membership organization, and you are, of course, committed to doing a great job with it. But I promise you this when you actually get intentional about designing care points into what you do, the effect is magical and your members will feel the difference. That means faster joins, more enthusiastic engagement, and renewals without hesitation. If you'd like to join me for the next session, just go to joyofmembership.com slash carepoints and I will see you there. And now, let's get on with today's show. This week's guest is Jamie Bollier. Jamie is a strategic association leader with over 20 years of experience, providing her with a strong background in membership relations, community building, and program development. Jamie considers herself to be at the intersection of education and member value, and she has a real passion for helping to propel industries and the people within. Jamie is a certified association professional, and in 2017, she was recognized by Association Trends Magazine with a Young and Aspiring Association Professional Award. I could have had Jamie on the show to talk about any number of great topics. But for this conversation, we're focusing on data and ways organizations can use data to influence decision making. Good morning, Jamie. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much for
1: having me. I'm really excited about this opportunity.
0: I'm excited to be able to have this conversation
1: with you. So before we um, get into it, why don't you share who you are and who you help? Sure. So I'm a seasoned association professional. I've experienced leading many departmental domains within many types of organizations and, and industries. I've worked in finance and insurance and healthcare and retail and manufacturing, But the common thread and my primary focus is really building membership strategy working with components, and creating community and learning opportunities.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. At least the thing that I find amazing about working in this niche of associations is just the incredible diversity and how you can just work in all of these different types of industries. And still there's this common thread of needing to attract, engage, and retain members I know exactly where you are, what you mean by that being the focus of your career. So when we were talking a while back, we kind of fell into this conversation around data and how you've used data in the past to really help you understand your membership organizations and guide improvements. So can you share a little bit about why you feel data is important for organizations?
1: Absolutely. As I mentioned, I've worked in several associations. I've seen a lot of spaghetti getting thrown at the wall. There are so many ideas. A lot of them are good ideas. But sometimes they're just haphazardly implemented without any any use of data or business intelligence to really guide strategy. My focus is really building retention. And in, in my opinion, to do that, the organization really needs a solid engagement strategy. I think the starting place is with two major components. The first is a strategic plan. How does your organization want to grow? How does your organization want to maintain What are the areas of opportunity there? What is the problem you're trying to solve? I mean, I think that is really the most important question. And then the second component is data. And what data are you collecting? What data are you looking at? Most organizations have a ton of business intelligence that they're sitting on, and they don't even realize they have it. And so I'd like to to talk with you about a few examples of Organizations that I've worked with, and how we have used data to answer some of those questions and to solve some of those problems.
0: Well, that's awesome because I love examples. So (laughs) go ahead, tell us an example.
1: (laughs) Okay. So I'll give two examples. I have experience working with both trade organizations as well as professional societies. And obviously, this is important to both types of associations. So I'll give an example from each. I'll start with a trade organization. I worked with a group where Their major retention problem was due to staff turnover at the member companies. And so the question we were trying to answer was, how can we be relevant to multiple stakeholders within each of our member companies? The history is that in in many cases, we were relevant to one major person, maybe two. We were only collecting information on like the main contact. At the organization. So we had our our problem to solve and we started looking at how we could do that. We had a lot to offer each member company in research, in the regulatory environment, and even creative. So we started with special interest groups. We had a group for technical people that wanted to work on regulatory issues of the industry, We had a group for research. Those were looking into market research for the products that each company made and, and trying to better understand how they could leverage a greater piece of the market share. And then we had a special interest group also for marketing folks. So we also got the creative people within each of those companies involved. And that was our big starting point. The other way that we addressed this was to start an emerging leaders committee within the organization. So an actual board committee, this was to guide leadership development and uh, programming and opportunities in that realm. This not only served as a succession plan for the companies themselves to grow their leaders within the companies, which was a huge service we were providing to them, but also a succession plan for our organization's leadership, who would later in, in five, 10 years serve on our board of directors. And so we grew that way. Lastly, with that organization, we had a technology upgrade. We found a need to upgrade our AMS system so that we could better track all of these people and how they were engaging with the organization so that we could, again, use that data more wisely moving forward.
0: That is so interesting how you developed all of those strategies just around knowing the data of having the staff turnover at the member companies. I have a client that just recently um, went through something very similar where we were, you know, talking about the fact that their association generally works with the owner of the member company. And in this particular industry, the companies were being acquired and changing hands. And so all of a sudden the person who was super familiar with what the association had been providing was gone. And the new person didn't know the association at all. And the investment in the membership was not insignificant. So they were really trying to figure out how are we going to show these organizations that have brand new leadership that it's worth staying in. So yeah, that's fascinating. I love yeah. how you did so many different things there based on that one data point.
1: Well, I think you hit on it, Joy. The last thing you want to become is a line item in a budget to a new manager of that budget who doesn't understand why that line item is there, especially in these economic times.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, okay. I think that was a a perfect example. Give us the second example. Sure. So the second example is with a professional society that I worked with where our major driver for membership occurred mid-year. It was a scientific society and the abstract submission for the annual meeting occurred in April, May of each year for presentation at the year's annual meeting. Our goal was to create year-round value for the organization so that we could stop having this sort of churn of members from year to year. We got there, we got to that goal and got to that need by looking at When our renewals occurred, when our acquisitions occurred, primarily throughout the year. We also looked at recency and frequency reports around our annual meeting because the annual meeting was the driver for membership, the primary driver for membership. We found that the lower the frequency of meeting attendance and the longer the time since attending that meeting, the less likely for renewal. That's not shocking information. We found that to be especially true at the training level. So those who were students were even less likely to renew. There was an an organizational strategy to make sure we were growing and maintaining members at that training phase, going into their, what we called the regular member, their independent research careers, so that we would have good succession for the organization. So the way that we went into solving this was to first create a two-year membership product. This incentivized uh, a member to join for two years and receive a modest discount off of both years of their membership dues. We piloted it with the abstract submission of the first year. That was about a third of the membership joined during the abstract submission. The theory was that these members may never have experienced a full year of membership ever because they joined in mid-year, they attended the annual meeting at the end of the year and then they were done with us until they were ready to submit and present science another time. Along with that two-year membership product, we also introduced an onboarding program to help guide those members through the benefits and resources that were likely to be most valuable for them. We started doing this in the beginning pretty generically. We did not have the tools to be more savvy with our business intelligence, so we... We put together basically a monthly email that we started sending uh, at the beginning of their first, you know, or their second year of membership and helped to to highlight the resources that we thought that would would be most relevant to them. Once we got a little more savvy with our business intelligence in the next couple of years, we were then able to build personas and predictive analytics and, and, and tailor and target that type of messaging. More intentionally. That's a separate podcast show that we could uh, do in the future. But the result of that two year membership product, even when we were doing it more generically, was a 6% increase of retention in the first year. So they joined one year in the middle of the year, then they had that full year of membership. And then after that full year of membership, they were then asked to renew. And there's where I'm speaking of in that. That opportunity to then renew in the third year, we saw a 6% increase of retention overall in that cohort of people that we had piloted the program with.
0: That's terrific.
1: It goes to show that there are blinders on our members. They join for a particular reason. They are very focused, hyper-focused on that reason. And unless you are very crafty and intentional, they will not see the other reasons that they should, should stay and, and, and uh, continue their membership with your organization.
0: Well, and I always say members have very short memories. So even if they came in and they experienced something terrific at the start, by the time they get to renewal period, the memory of that value that they received at the start may have faded. And they may not see like where they go from here, like the value longevity, what's next, and what more is there to gain out of the membership since they got what they wanted at the start. So yeah, I could totally see what you're saying. That's right. So if an organization, you know, is feeling like they want to dive a little more into data and understanding how to put that t- to work in their organization, where do
1: you suggest they start? I think that the best starting place is looking at your drivers for membership. Look at when people join, what's happening when they made that transaction. Membership starts as a transaction and it continues because the the person has found that community. So I mean that's really what you're aiming to do as a membership professional is take the relationship from transaction into a community building relationship. Once you grab the data of what is happening when that person joined or when that group of people joined, look at the commonalities of that group of people that are exhibiting the same behavior. Are they all students? Are they all from a particular region? What are those commonalities? They're gonna be different for every organization. And then finally, make sure that you're always connecting back to your organizational strategy. Where do you want to grow? Where do you want to maintain? And and that's where you really want to put the bulk of your effort. Having a sophisticated data setup is certainly helpful, but not all associations are there. Not all will have the resources to get there. It's important to remember that that doesn't mean you can't start or be successful. Your AMS, most organizations have an association management system, and it's likely configured to pull the reports that you need. To answer the questions that you have of your data. I think it really all starts with knowing what questions you need to ask of your data. I'll give a cautionary tale that once you start looking at your data and asking questions of your data, it's so easy to go down a million rabbit holes and forget where you started. So it's really important to frame your, call it a problem, but it's really your opportunity. Frame your opportunity as What is the problem you are trying to solve? And then think of the questions that you need to answer in order to get yourself there.
0: Yeah, I think that's sound advice. The one thing I would add is to um, not just look at the people who are coming in, but I think you can also learn a lot from the people who stay. Like the people Mm -hmm. who actually do get engaged and they stay, how are they different than the people who are leaving? Like, are there certain things that they do right away when they come in? Because if there are certain things that you can see that the the people who stay that they tend to engage in these three things, they come to this event, or they're opening these messages, then that gives you some common threads also that you can work with and try to encourage people into that path.
1: And yeah, I think that's absolutely right.
0: Yeah, awesome. Okay, so Janie, I know this has been such a short conversation and we could talk about this topic for hours, but if folks would like to connect with you, where's the best place to do that? Would that be like LinkedIn or Mm -hmm. where
1: do you suggest? Yeah, LinkedIn is definitely the best place to connect with me. My profile is under just my full name, Jamie Bollier, and I'll leave it to your episode notes to actually spell out my last name. <laughs> it is a lot of bells, but I would really appreciate people connecting with me. I love to talk about this. this it's a great topic. It's definitely a passion point for me. And so I'm um, certainly open to members of your audience connecting with me and and just to talk things out or or share stories, share successes, because I always have a lot to learn as well.
0: Well, your passion and interest come through loud and clear. So we hear that. Thank you so much for being here today and
1: sharing just a little bit of your expertise. We just appreciate it. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Joy here back with a few thoughts about this week's episode. After we stopped the recording, Jamie pointed out that while data is important and can tell you a story about your members and their behavior, it is even more important to remember that members are people. And sometimes people defy the quantitative data. I couldn't agree more. That's why both qualitative and quantitative data play a role in understanding what members need from your organization. And it's often the qualitative feedback that interjects the human element of member services and engagement. Sometimes you just stop the recording too soon and that thought was too important to miss. So I wanted to add that point on from Jamie. So, speaking of data, second quarter is well underway. Have you assessed your first quarter yet? Are you making some headway on the goals that you set for 2021? Here at the Joy of Membership, our first quarter was completely consumed by getting the Journey Care software fully vetted by several of our client organizations. I'm pleased to report that we made it to that goal. The platform is fully operational, an extensive help library has been built out, onboarding processes are in place, and we have pilot organizations that have made it across the finish line with their launches. Now, I am definitely planning to practice what I preach with JourneyCare. I'll be looking at our data to see how my team can be most helpful and planning expansions around what is most needed as always, I look forward to sharing my learnings with all of you. If you haven't yet had a chance to check it out, there's now a video tour available on the website. So you can go to joyofmembership.com software to get there. So that's all for this week. I will be back same time, same place next week with another great episode. In the meantime, take care. Hey there, you made it all the way to the end. Bravo to you. I'm back in just one last time to remind you that there's a free one-page PDF available over at the website that shows you more than 20 ways that technology could be supporting your efforts to attract, engage, and retain more members. It's actually broken down into the stages of the member journey, so you'll know exactly where each piece fits. And everything that's on that one pager can actually be automatically done for you with software that costs less than $1,000 per year. So if you haven't already grabbed it, you can get your copy at joyofmembership.com slash tech, joyofmembership.com slash tech, T-E-C-H. Have a great week and I'll see you next time.